It's no secret the tension between police and protesters and many citizens in this country. I've talked to a lot of protesters in my day, having protested myself many times, especially in college. I haven't talked to that many cops. I certainly haven't seen them in action. I mean, I've seen them in action from the outside, but I haven't seen them from their perspective. In graduate school, so this would have been in the mid-90s, there's a postdoc on the experiment that I worked on. That's someone who had a PhD, but not yet a professor. And he once worked as an auxiliary policeman, and I remember seeing the pictures of that. And outside of that, I really don't think I know many people who have been cops. I don't think I've talked to many of them. I recently listened to Jocko Willink on the Joe Rogan podcast. This is a couple of weeks ago. I won't explain who they are because they're both huge public figures. You can look them up, except I'll mention Jocko is a former Navy SEAL, and Joe hosts what I believe is the world's top podcast in terms of number of listeners. As a martial artist, Joe speaks Jocko's language, and both of them together talk about cops and uniformed people from a place of understanding and experience. I'm going to play about a minute from their conversation that inspired me. So here's Jocko. He's the one who's going to do most of the talking, and Joe, who comes in in the middle. Oh, and Jocko is going to start by talking about his time in, I believe, in Afghanistan when General Petraeus got there and changed some of the policy from going in and, I think, dominating people there to winning the hearts and minds by going in and getting to understand people there. So here's Jocko. Is he said there can be no more drive-by counterinsurgency. And what he meant that by that was when you go to a neighborhood, you can't just drive through the neighborhood in your Humvee, in your bulletproof Humvee with your windows up, drive through, show of force, and then leave. That, that doesn't work. What you have to do is stop your vehicles. You have to get out. You have to talk to the local populace. You have to ask them what's going on. You have to ask them if they need anything. You have to build relationships with the local populace, the good local populace that just wants those insurgents out of there. And that's what I don't see happening. And the more we increase this divide between the police and the civilians, the worse that's going to get. And so... The police have to start doing a better job of outreach of, hey, you know, I asked you if you did a ride along. They should be offering ride alongs all the time to the the local kids, 17 year old kids, 15 year old kids. Hey, come and see what my job is like. Come and help me out. That 15 year old kid, he knows who the bad actors are. He knows who the good kids are. You know, bring that kid along on a ride along. Let him see what it looks like from your angle. Get out, meet the parents, meet the families. That's we're, we're failing to build relationships between the police and the civilians that causes these problems. I think you're hundred percent correct, but I don't hear anybody repeating what you're saying. That's what's terrifying to me. I think everything you're saying is logical. It makes sense. It comes from experience. I don't hear anybody saying this. I, well, I think maybe it's because people just don't recognize what's happening because they're too in it, right? They're too in it. They're, they're wrapped up in it. And, and that's another part. You know, I talked about recruiting, who are you recruiting? Recruit those kids. But you have to build a relationship with them before anyone's going to go into the police. And look, the, I think it's the L.A. Police Department. If you look at the L.A. Police Department compared to the racial makeup of L.A., they're pretty equivalent. And they're pretty equivalent on purpose. They do that for a reason. You've got to continue to build that, those relationships so that we talk to one another. We actually communicate with each other because anytime, you know, I'm allowed to sit over here in my area and you're sitting over there in your area. We're building animosity. We build that kind of animosity between each other, and now the littlest thing. After hearing that part, I walked down 10th Street to the 6th Precinct, the local police office, to ask if they did drive-alongs. I'd never heard of such a thing. I doubted if they did such things. But I knew that if I did not ask, the answer was no. If I called or emailed, the answer would also be no. But I'm pretty good in person. 
So I figured, let's go down and see what happens. What would come of it? I really don't know. I mentioned it to a friend and he suggested, don't bring an ID, maybe bring a witness. People and cops mistrust each other a lot around here. I want to make a difference. I at least want to understand a perspective that I don't know very well. I walk down. There's some barriers in front of the station. Not big barriers, but middle, the metal traffic gratings. I don't know what you call them. And there's a man in front, a uniformed officer in front. And I asked him, actually, I'm going to point out, the guy was not wearing a mask. Or I guess technically he was wearing it on his lapel. He was just hanging it from his shirt. So I stayed a good distance away. But I spoke very friendly. I said I was just listening to this podcast with Jocko Willink and Joe Rogan. He didn't know what I was talking about. I said they talked about having drive-alongs. He said he didn't know what that was. And I explained, is there a way that I could go along with the police officers driving around? He said he didn't know of such a thing. I said, maybe, is there anyone inside, someone higher up that I could talk to? You know, I'm saying this politely. He doesn't say outright no, but, you know, he's basically implying don't bother. But he did suggest attending the monthly community meetings that they had. Now, I'd heard about these things before, but I'd never gone. Because in my building, the co-op, there's some message board community thing. And people mentioned that this thing happens. He didn't know if it was happening since the pandemic started. But he said, check the Twitter feed. So I started checking the Twitter feed. There had been one the month before. And for a while, I've been checking, and it hadn't happened. But now I'm recording this because there is a community meeting coming up next month, actually within a week. I don't know if it will work if I go. I don't know what it'll be like at all. All I see is that there's going to be several police officers attending and someone and that higher up rank. Maybe it will work. At least I will try. At least I'll meet a couple of people. And maybe I'll get to drive along with some cops in a little bit. You know, this reminds me of jury duty. Jury duty, most people talk about as a big pain. I once had jury duty where I was an alternate and the case took a month. I didn't even get to vote because, you know, you have to have an alternate in case people leave or have medical whatever issues and that didn't happen so I didn't get to vote the vote was weird people started voting for reasons that had nothing to do with the law but the system here works that you're tried by a jury of your peers and people can vote for whatever reason they want which is partly weird to me but partly that's how it works I love jury duty it's one of the best civics lessons I've ever had because I've met people from very different walks of life I get you know the biggest thing is that growing up when you see courtroom TV shows or movies, there's this swearing that you're going to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. I grew up believing that court was about finding the truth. Actually participating in jury duty, I found it's not about finding the truth. It recognizes that there's a conflict. People's memories fade on purpose, maybe by accident. People may lie. People have biases. People understand the law differently. The goal of jury duty is to resolve a conflict the best we know how, or at least, you know, by a jury of your peers. And that was a big change for me. And it made government participation much more meaningful to me. That's one of the things driving my interest in this drive along, if it's possible. I don't know if it's going to be possible. It'll be a chance. You know, it's like project-based learning. You learn by doing things. So I'm going to go and talk to the cops, see what happens. Maybe you get to drive along with them. Maybe not. I'm not sure. I'm not going to drive along in a car if they're not wearing masks. But we'll see what happens. I'll keep you updated after the meeting and tell you what happened. And maybe if I get to go and do this thing.